I have an e-commerce application here which has many different orders. And as you can see, each order here has a number, the date it was purchased, uh, whether or not it was for shipping, and a total cost value for that order. But the problem is I have hundreds of these orders, 36 pages worth of them, and to review them this way is really tedious and difficult. It'd be a lot nicer if I had a chart at the top here which just shows me a summary of all the orders over time so that I can see uh, what the trends are. There are a number of great charting libraries out there, but my favorite is HighCharts. The nice thing about this is that it's 100% JavaScript, so you don't have any extra dependencies, whether it be Flash on the client side or some kind of graphics generator on the server side, or, or any external web service that it might use. It's just JavaScript on the client side. And as you can see, it presents some really nice graphs here just through JavaScript. Uh, one thing to be aware of, though, it does have a licensing fee for commercial applications. Um, if that's a deal breaker, I'll present a couple other alternatives at the end of this episode. But to get started here, we just download the library. Once you've downloaded it, just copy the highcharts.js file into your Rails application. And notice I also have jQuery in here too, along with the corresponding Rails.js file. This is necessary because this is a Rails 3 application. Uh, for more details on how to set this up, you can check out episode number uh, 205. And the file I have open here is the layout file for my e-commerce application. And the important thing here is just that I'm including those three JavaScript files into the layout file here. Now one important point is that HighCharts does depend on either jQuery or MooTools. So you'll have to have one of those included before you include HighCharts. Unfortunately, it doesn't work with Prototype. But you should check out jQuery if you haven't already. Now that we have HighCharts set up, we can get it integrated into this orders list here. So I encourage you to check out the examples that HighCharts includes in their download uh, in order to see what's possible. But really what I want here is a simple line graph just showing the orders over time. So here's what the template view looks like for that index action. And the first thing we need to do here is add a div where we want our chart to go. So I'm just going to place it above our table here. And what I want our div to say is, uh, well, let's just give it an ID of um, orders chart. And we also need to specify the width and height through CSS. Uh, so to do that, I'm just going to do this in line in a style attribute. I would normally do this in an external CSS file. Um, but to keep things simple here, let's just do this here. Uh, width, when we get 560 pixels, and height, uh, when we get 300 pixels. Next, we just have to add some JavaScript to actually generate the chart. Um, again, here, to keep things simple, I'm just going to keep everything in line here, so through a script tag just in the same document here. Now, if you do want to extract this out, it will be kind of difficult because we're going to add some dynamically generated content through ERB here, um, but you can do so through a separate AJAX request if you want to. But here, I'm just going to keep it all in one line. Um, now, I only want to generate the chart once the DOM is fully loaded, so I can do that through the dollar sign function in jQuery. Um, let's just generate a function call here, and that way this will only be executed once the DOM is loaded. And in here we want to make a new chart, so we're going to make a new high charts chart. And then this takes a hash of options. Now, there are a lot of different options you can pass into here. To see a list of all the different options you can pass in there, check out the options reference section on the high charts page. And there we'll just list all the different options you can pass to that chart call. The first option I want to add here is just called chart. And there's an option called render to, where you just pass in the name of the div or the ID of the div. So in this case, it's orders chart. And there we go. Then it'll render inside that div. 
We can see how that looks so far by just reloading the page, and you can see right here we have a blank chart going on. So let's fill this in. For the next option, let's just add a title here. And for that, there's a text option called, uh, we'll just call it orders by day. And the next option here is the x-axis. Uh, since this is a timeline, I'm going to set the type of this x-axis to date time, because across the bottom I want it to go by date. And for the y-axis, um, let's give it a title. Uh, for that, we just type in the text as, uh, let's say, dollars for that. There we go. Now finally, we have to add the actual data itself, and we can do that through a series option. And this is actually going to be an array with hashes embedded inside of it, because you can have multiple um, points of data. And each one of these should have a data option, which is basically just an array of values for each point along the graph. So we could just try this. And you can see if we reload our chart here, we now have a nice line graph where each point represents a value inside of that array we just made. And we have our nice dollars on the left and the timeline on the bottom, which still needs some work. So because I'm using a date time axis, I have a couple different options that I can pass into the series here. And one is called point interval. And what this is, is the amount of time in milliseconds, which should be in between each of these points. And to do that, I'm actually going to embed some Ruby here. Let's say one day, and that'll return us the time in seconds, but I want it in milliseconds, so I'm going to say times a thousand. And that way, uh, it's just a nice convenient way to have the interval of one day, because I want it to be the orders by day. Another option I can pass in here is called point start. And this just defines in milliseconds again uh, the time uh, which the first point uh, should begin. So um, I'm just going to use some Ruby here, but you'll want to make this more dynamic later. Uh, let's just say three weeks ago. Um, let's convert it to an integer so we get in seconds. And again, let's convert it to milliseconds by multiplying by a thousand. So now when we reload our page here, our timeline actually has dates in it, which correspond to the point interval and starting times that we mentioned. So now that we've got our chart working the way we want, we need to change this data so that it actually represents our orders by the day. Okay, at first I'm just going to show you the inefficient way to do this because it's a lot easier. Uh, I'll give you some hints on how to optimize it later. But basically what we want to do is gather the range of dates that we want to include in our graph. So I'm just going to start from three weeks ago, like I have here. And let's make that a date. And we'll just go to today. And we'll wrap that in parentheses and map this to an array, which then we convert. Uh, we'll inspect it so that it converts it to as something that JavaScript can read. Okay, so in this block here, we have our date object passed in. And what we need to do is just figure out the total for this day on the orders. Um, the logic in here is a little bit complex, so I'm just going to actually make a new class method on order um, called total uh, on, and then pass in the date object in there. And then hopping into our order model here, it's empty now, but we'll make a new class method called total on, pass in a date object. And so we just need to find all the purchases on that date. Uh, so we can call purchased at, and wrap that in a date uh, function so that it converts the time to a date. And we'll just find those that are purchased on that given date. And then we can just sum up the total price value into here. And um, I do want to convert this to a float so it's nice and printable into this array here. So um, 
after calling total on, just convert that to a float because that will be a decimal value. Uh, and there we go. So now when we just reload our page here, we get a new graph with 20 data points for each separate day and the total order value for each of those days. So it seems to be working. So everything's looking pretty good, but I would like to see the tooltip that pops up when your mouse hovers over a point uh, be improved and look a little nicer. Now going back to the index template here, we can do this using the tooltip option in high charts. Uh, so this is what it might look like, where we have a tooltip call uh, using the formatter option and a pass, pass a function into here. And um, you can use these formatters that high charts provides to convert uh, dates and numbers into um, something that's really presentable in the tooltips. And so this will just make a nice date uh, with the dollar sign value right next to it. So now when we reload this page here, uh, we can see that when we hover over it, we now have a nice tooltip with the date and dollars presented there. Now one thing that's really nice about using graphs like this is that you can easily see trends and spikes. For example, here on July 9th, there's obviously a spike here, so it's like try to figure out what was causing the spike. And um, even after this, the orders have been higher ever since. Uh, so in order to de help determine what is causing this, it's nice to look at how other attributes um, compare in these graphs. So uh, we can add another series, for example, to add the shipping attribute and have it play a part in our graph. Now I know I'm going to want to fetch the orders that were for shipping and the orders that were for download on here. So going back to our order model, uh, let's add a couple scopes here. One called shipping, and we can add a where clause here. Uh, where the shipping value is true. And let's make another one where it's false, and that will be called download. So two scopes that we can use in our view. So going back to our template here, if we have multiple series here, it's helpful to have names to identify them. So let's make one called download. And for this, we'll call order.download and get the total on that. Um, so then we'll have another one called shipping, and then get uh, the total for that. We'll use that name scope here as well. So now when we reload our chart, we now have two lines presenting two different attributes. Uh, the blue line is for download, as you can see here. And by the way, you can toggle these on and off, uh, which is pretty nice in high charts. So we have the blue, and we have the red represents shipping. And so as you can see, the spike really only happens on download orders, which is really interesting. Maybe there was a new product out for download that caused that spike. So it's a great way to determine um, how other attributes play a part in your, uh, in your graphs. Now one thing that bothers me is that there's quite a bit of duplication between these two series, and I can just imagine if we're adding more series, then uh, it'll just get worse. So while we're in Ruby, we can easily remove this duplication by using a simple hash. So let's just say uh, we want our um, key to be the name of the series. So let's use a download and link that to order.download. And the same goes for shipping. Link that to order.shipping. And then we'll just loop through this hash. And then so we have our name and our orders. So we'll just output our name here, and then our um, orders, we just use it directly in here. And then we could just remove this last 
series here. And there we go. So now um, it'll just loop through the hash and for anything we list here in this hash, it'll just make a separate series for it. And we reload and everything still works, awesome. So our graph is looking really nice, but as I mentioned before, it's not very efficient. We can take a look at our log file and see that, well, there's a lot of SQL queries being performed here. In fact, there's a separate one for each node in the graph. That's not very efficient. Now it is possible to do this using just a single query for each series using the select and group methods. Here, let me show you in the console. Okay, so we have our order model, and when we fetch these, we want to group them by their purchase date. So we can say group by the date of the purchased at column. And then we just want to select certain columns or attributes from this. So we want to select our purchased at time, and we also want to fetch the total price, the sum of all the prices for that group, which is uh, on that specific day. We'll say this is going to be the total price attribute for each of those orders which are returned. So what this is going to do is basically only return one order record for each of the groups, so one order per day. And if we fetch our first one, we can call total price on this, and that'll tell us the actual total price, let's convert it to a float, the actual total price for that day, which matches the um, purchased at date for uh, that given order. Now there's a slight problem with this though, and that is what if there aren't any orders for a given day, and that means there won't be any order group for that day, and it'll offset everything in our graph and it won't be pretty. So we need to take into account of that possibility. So because that logic is so complex, I'm actually going to move this into a helper method and then figure it out inside of there. So I'm just going to call this um, orders chart series, and then we're going to just pass in our orders into there along with the date that we want to start at. So that's three weeks ago. So I'll add this method to our orders helper module. And because it's so complex, I'll just paste this in here and explain it briefly. Basically what we're doing is just passing in our orders and we're fetching only the ones that match the time frame of uh, the starting time and to the end of, th of the current day. And then we are grouping them based on the purchased at date like I showed you in the console and then selecting the total value for that day. And then we're looping through each of those days and then fetching the appropriate order that matches that day. So if no order is found, basically zero will be returned as the price instead. So now when we reload the page, everything still works and we get our separate shipping and download line graphs. But when we check out our log, hey, look at that. There's only a couple queries used because one for each series, much more efficient. As you can see, HighCharts is a very nice graphing library, but I want to finish this up by showing you a couple others. So another library you might want to use is called Flot. Uh, this also uses JavaScript, and as you can see, it makes some really beautiful graphs as well. Another one to check out is called GraphIL. Uh, this also is a JavaScript library, and I find where it excels is through pi and bar charts. So if you have a number of those, uh, definitely check it out. And then finally we have Bluff. This is again a JavaScript library and it's based off of the Gruff library in Ruby. And it's just a really simple solution. Uh, so if you're looking for something lightweight, uh, definitely check it out. 
So I'll link to all those alternative libraries in the show notes. And really, uh, they're all JavaScript, so you can pretty much apply the same techniques I showed you here to any of the other libraries. And that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Now time to make some charts.